Hello and welcome to episode number 64 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. It's not going to be the Scottish Premiership type of podcast that you've all been so used to. It's going to be the Scottish Championship level of podcast that you had all last year, I imagine. I, as ever, am one of your hosts, Daniel, joined by the optimistic, happy, he's changed his tune over the last few weeks, Adam. However, I have a feeling... He's going to be back to what he was like for much of last season. Adam, how are you doing? I'm back, baby. I'm, <laughs> uh, yeah, not not great, mate. It, uh, it is what it is. Like I was saying to you just before we came on, I've got some time off work, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to come up the road, spend a nice week with the family, you know, see the dog again, all that nice stuff, you know, raid the cupboards, abuse the washing machine, all this fun stuff that I've not been able to do whilst I've been down at uni. And I left, what, last Friday afternoon. So at the start of the weekend, I've obviously brought my laptop up. As I've said to you, and I'm going to apologise now, I've not brought my mic nor my headphones. So this podcast could be all over the shop. And yet that wasn't the worst thing with regards to the most recent weekend. So I'm in a great place. What about yourself? Oh, just great. Listen, we're getting, we're getting closer to Christmas. It'll be a month today that on this release that it's Christmas Eve. So exciting for all that, but not excited to cover the weekend's performance. As you will all know, Hearts fell to a dreadful 2-0 loss away at Motherwell. But before we get into speaking about that, we have a couple of things to mention. So first of all, I don't know how this has been allowed. I think it's a mistake on behalf of the club, but I'm not going to complain about it. However, this weekend, when Hearts welcome St Mirren to Tynecastle, somehow me and Adam have a feature in the programme. So, of course, if you've been going this season, uh, particularly in the last couple of weeks, you'll see that there is now a section for the podcasts. And basically, we're going to be doing like a round-robin thing, taking a turn each week, and this weekend's game is our turn. We're not going to tell you what it's about, because we want you to have an incentive to read it. But please do, if you are going to the game and if you buy a programme, tweet us your thoughts and stuff like that. It would be really appreciated. But Adam, we're just very glad for the opportunity, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. And I'll be very glad when, you know, shed loads of abuse is getting tweeted at us, spouting off all this nonsense in the programme, just like we do on this podcast every week. So it's great that everybody's come together. Um, and it's another platform that you're probably sick of seeing us on. But hey, I mean, it's only for a week, so try your eyes. Oh, believe me, this week I've had enough abuse to last a lifetime, so that's great. Uh, I have to say it because you'll get annoyed if I don't. Also, we'd be interested to hear your thoughts on the history feature in the podcast, uh, in the programme, sorry, from the podcast in every week as now. Graham McIver, my dad, is a now weekly contributor to the programme. Uh, at the last home game, because it was all about Robbo and stuff like that, he um, did a feature when Robbo scored against Dundee United, one of his goals. And I think it's in relation to the club we're playing every single week. So he's going to be doing that. Daniel and Graham McIver are going to be in the programme together. We had always hoped it would be in the back of the team sheet. It's not. However, you'll just have to settle for that. So, yeah, please tweet us your thoughts. We really do appreciate the club for getting us involved, much like all the other podcasts. And we're looking forward to doing everything else. However, that is the end of the positivity for this week. That's it. If you think that we're going to read it in now that we've got the club on board, <laughs> you're very much mistaken. You can think again. Then you had the worst timing possible. We'd have been in the programme immediately following the worst performance in ages. Um, But yes, first of all, we will speak about the rest of the results in Scottish football because it was just a perfect weekend for Hearts, wasn't it? Oh, a tremendous. Yep, loving it. So our main competitors this season, Dundee United, got back to winning ways after the defeat against us as they beat Aberdeen 1-0. And Aberdeen just continued to be the weirdest club in the league just now where they look like they could be anybody and nobody. Very similar to ourselves at this point, to be honest. Uh, Motherwell, we will get into it. And then St Mirren and Livingston drew, I think for the second time this season, I want to say. Uh, no, I think, I think St Mirren won the reverse, 1-0 through there. Well, um, says so. everything that I know. Uh, but what did you make of the league fixtures from this weekend? 
Um, I don't even think that Ian Harks' decent goal was the main talking point at Tannadice, was it? No. That's Ojo sending off. Jesus wept. Yeah. I mean, what goes through these clowns that attend games' heads? I know that everybody asks each week once they're done listening to Perth to Paisley, what goes through these clowns' heads? But neither you or I would do that at a game. Like, I mean, really? It's insane. It's absolutely I mean, insane. The worst thing is, Vince Ojo, like, uh, I don't even know where to begin because they can't appeal the sending off given it's two bookings. Mm-hmm. It's not even a booking because he retaliates just as you would expect somebody to do so from being shoved. The only pleasing thing for me is that United obviously launched an investigation and have since banned the guy. Yeah. He doesn't, but, I don't even think Ojo retaliates much. He just kind of stands up to the guy and is like, what well, are you doing? Okay, it doesn't like it doesn't like swing a punch in retaliation. Yeah. I mean, he obviously like looks him up and down. Yeah, just to say he's very restrained. I, I really commended yeah. him for how restrained he is. And the fact that that I mean, <laughs> that's the main kind of talking point. I was going to talk about matters on the park as well. Callum Butcher's sending off is one of the funniest <laughs> I think I've ever seen <laughs> on Ramirez, uh, right in the clacker bag. That was just funny. Um, and Ian Harks, it's a it's a decent winning goal. Um, but they play Hulk Hogan's theme when he scores, and it's the weirdest yeah. thing. I, I just I just love this whole like Americanism culture that United have adopted with the owners and whatnot. And yeah. Ian Harks, it was uh it's quite funny. But um, yeah, very annoying to see them get back to winning ways, despite the fact that I believe they would get the better of Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not a big fan of Aberdeen, and they are quite frankly rank rotten. So long may that continue. Uh, the other premiership game in Paisley, Jamie McGrath, how he has not moved on from St Mirren is absolutely beyond me. Far too good for the buddies, a player that I've got the fear for this weekend. Um, and two two great goals, actually, because Nicky yeah. Devlin's equaliser was good. I'm just annoyed because I had 1-0 St Mirren in my Who Scored preview. So Livingston, of course, had to piss on my parade two minutes from the end, uh, as they love to do so every now and then. So that was great. Absolutely, and the the good times just kept on coming as we moved across to the Scottish League Cup and on the Saturday game, Celtic struggled but also didn't because they were quite dominant but if you just look at the scoreline, struggled to a 1-0 victory against St Johnson as James Forrest came off the bench to get the winner there and then the just the best of everything. After I got abuse last week for saying, oh, by the way, I think Hibs could do this, by the way, and Scott and you are going, it's nothing but a dominant Rangers win. A 30-minute, 38-minute first half hat-trick from Martin Boyle seals a Celtic versus Hibs League Cup final on the 22nd of December as Rangers just looked absolutely terrible. You know it's bad when Celtic are the lesser of two evils <laughs> heading into the final. I mean, that what is it about Celtic and this competition where you said they struggled past St Johnston, they battered St Johnston really, just in the same way as they battered us in the yeah. round of sixteen, I think it was, but have come away obviously with the win. That's all that matters in the cup. Um, didn't watch the game, saw the goal, terrible. Uh, but rest assured, I was certainly watching Rangers Hibs um, in fear. I'll definitely be watching the final behind the couch um, because I did not foresee that coming. Um, I didn't even know that Martin Boyle had never scored against Rangers prior to that. Mm-hmm. So that was quite something once I'd learned that fact. Um, Rangers were just very poor, weren't they? Like really, really poor. And that I'm not taking away from Hibs because they obviously earned it. But you're not going to find me giving Hibs credit on a on a Hearts podcast. So Rangers were rank. James Tavernier was god awful. Alfredo Morelos was horrendous, and they take off their best player, or the one player that I thought tried to make things happen in Joe Rebo. And Steven Gerrard must have watched it absolutely pissing his pants as a result. So yeah, just capped off a fantastic weekend. I mean, I was left on. Sunday after the Rangers Hibs, thinking, when can I get back down the road? I'm I obviously must be some kind of bad luck charm. I should just stay down there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I couldn't watch the Celtics and Johnson game as I was on my way back 
from Motherwell. And what an inspired decision. Yeah, exactly. And I just didn't watch the Rangers-Hibs game because I was like, nah, I can see the way this is going to go. <laughs> I wish I'm, I hadn't bothered. I'm not watching it. Um, but yeah, it was not a good not a good weekend of football, which was very much 80% of the reason was the game we're now going to speak about as Hearts fell to our second loss of the season as we travelled through to Motherwell. Fur Park, my first time ever seeing Hearts play at Fur Park. I had seen Motherwell play St Johnston at Fur Park in 2015. As at university, I flat shared with a Motherwell fan and went oh, wow. in the Motherwell end to a one-all draw. It was riveting. It was <laughs> so, yeah. Like yeah, exactly. It was in January as well, and it was it was not a fun time. However, it was more fun than that past weekend. So the teams came out. And for us, it was a one change that was enforced. Craig Halkett missed out due to a groin strain and in came back Michael Smith. Taylor Moore pushed across to centre-half. However, apart from that, team stayed exactly the same. Boyce returned on the bench. You, of course, last week, alongside Scott and myself, were speaking about how you were happy to see the exact same team in terms of that front three. Obviously, Boyce coming back in was a positive. How did you feel when you saw the lineup before we actually got into the game? Um, I've I've looked at it like Stevie Wonder because I had thought that we were unchanged, and then I'd seen Michael <laughs> Smith's name just under Craig Gordon's. Obviously, missed that, um, and missed the fact that Craig Halkett had, had dropped out of the matchday squad. So initially, I was quite pleased. I thought, "Wow, we've we've gone unchanged." Then I then obviously saw that Michael Smith had come back in. So I was like, right, okay. That must mean that one of Taylor Moore or John Souter is at the back. I then thought that it would most likely be Taylor Moore because I believe John Souter is a better ball player. So you'd stick him on the outside and Taylor Moore just looks massive. So naturally I thought he'd be, you know, that kind of central pillar, if you like, and was feeling optimistic enough I wouldn't say quietly confident or that but I thought Fur Park's always a, a tricky place for us to go um, I think immediately after the international break it's a fixture we could have done without I think had we played it directly after the United game I'd have felt a lot more confident because then we've moved right on to that the next week and I, I don't want to blame the international break per se but I do feel as though it's come at a, a bad time for us as was reflected in the performance and, of course, the result. Well, I had said last week that I wouldn't have mind. I wouldn't have minded an unchanged side. However, I felt that if Boyce was fit, he should have started. Uh, however, as I said, I wasn't going to complain too much because it would have been very harsh to at, make at any who changes. Who expense? Can I ask me? Ben Woodburns, controversially, or Geno's. I would have kept Mackay, but. I do, and that isn't based off the Dundee United game. That is just based on the season as a whole. But that's say, not dropping Ben Woodburn after a no, United no, exactly. Exactly, would have been Gino the most likely. One hundred percent. That's the first choice that we seem to have gone with when Boyce has been fit. Mm-hmm. Woodburn and Mackay either side of him. Definitely, and that's why when I saw the team sheet, I was very similar to you. I was like, right, okay, good. Um, however, there was a little thought at the back of my mind, and I had said this to you, the two episodes ago now, uh, when we were previewing the Dundee United game and you mentioned that front three of Gino Woodburn and Mackay. And my worry was that if it works, it works really well. If it doesn't, it really doesn't because they are three almost identical players. What I mean by that is I know that Gino and Mackay are more direct and out of the four wingers and the other two in terms of Woodburn and GMS are more likely to kind of support and drift and link up. However, they are all wingers. None of them are strikers. So the worry was if within the first 15 minutes it wasn't working, you don't have a lot to change it. And that is very much <laughs> what happened at the weekend. Uh, my kind of my dad's opinion, but I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say this, that if we turn up on a day, we'll win. It doesn't matter who, you, who we're against. If we turn up and go, we've got this, and play well, then we'll play well. Within the first 90 seconds, I was nudged by my dad going, we're not turning up here. It was that immediately apparent as Motherwell changed 
tactic from the last time they came to Tyne Castle. They, cha- they kept the same formation, that 4-3-3. However, when they came to us, they were allowing us to have quite a lot of the ball in our defensive third, and then that allowed us to build up. That totally changed on Saturday as the minute our defence got the ball, they were pressing really, really high, really, really urgently, and it meant we were immediately on the front foot. Now, I know you've only seen the highlights, so it's hard to get the feeling of a whole game because you just see the highlights. But just from that, because I've watched them back as well, I think it is apparent that Motherwell were just free-flowing attacking and we didn't know how to deal with it. They certainly, you know, caged us in. I think you even see that with the Taylor Moore sending off that we'll no doubt speak about. Um, And it's what I crave when we're coming up against better sides, particularly at Tynecastle. You know, you can't give, or you can't afford to give good players time in the ball because chances are they'll end up punishing you. It's so simple to say because it's fact. And Motherwell will no doubt have looked at hearts and thought they've made a decent start to the season. They've only lost the once in the league. They've just come off the back of a 5-2 win against Dundee United, another, you know, um, Euro contender, if you like, at this early stage. So in front of that crowd, I'm not surprised that Motherwell executed a game plan to try and put us under the cosh a wee bit. Um, And it certainly became apparent from very early on that that was going to be the case. Because I, I look, obviously, back at the highlights, like you say, I genuinely can think of two chances and one of which doesn't even result in a shot at goal. So that speaks volumes about the kind of willingness to work for Motherwell. Um, and then they've got, you know, I'm, I'm disrespectful in that I'm just saying that they're, you know, a bunch of workhorses because I do actually think they've got a couple of tidy footballers. Um, I'm a big fan of Tony Watts and I think he's having the season of his life. How he's not scored against us in both meetings, I will never know. Um, so that that's quite nice. Obviously, as a former heart striker, I don't want that to be the case. Um, and yeah, the trio in midfield are all decent enough. I just, oh, I just, I don't know where to begin with this, to be honest, because it just, like, even I was discussing this before we came on. This podcast is a great source of therapy. But I can't even be asked turning up to the session to ca- for my counselling here. In like, fact, why should you? They never turned up at the weekend, so exactly. why should you turn up No, I mean, here? like, effort's a two-way street. I'm not going to continue to make the effort if you can't. And I just, love that know. idea that, like, Nielsen, ahead of Saturday, is like, listen, lads, if we don't turn up, Adam Kennedy's no doing his podcast. Like, that's a sign that we can't live with. We need to do it for him, if nobody else. <laughs> turn up in the off chance that these two... Pricks on Bertha Paisley will slew you every available given opportunity. Yeah, fantastic. But, I, I mean, <laughs> let's just talk about the game because the, the, our supposed best chance is literally the first highlight that I saw on Hearts TV on Sports Scene. And <laughs> it doesn't result in anything, it just sums it up. Is that the Woodburn one where it just hits off him yeah. and nothing happens? <laughs> like, like, you literally see it from the back. Taylor Moore does well to, I think yeah. it's Craig Gordon's pass. Mm-hmm. Taylor Moore is scrambling to keep it in play. Mm-hmm. Does very well in doing so, I might add, because he finds Barry Mackay. Yeah, it's actually a really good ball. <laughs> like, on the stretch, I was very impressed. Barry Mackay then threads it through a lovely ball but potentially just a little bit behind Ben Woodburn. And the first touch could make the chance, but ultimately breaks the chance. Mm-hmm. And then from there on in, I don't even think we mustered up another highlight. I can think of one other. Like, our broth away in the championship and like all these other pathetic performances that come to mind. I can think of nothing. one where Gino in the first half had beaten his man. I don't even know. I can't remember if this was even in the highlights. He beats his man in the box and just became prime Josh Ginelli. He had a chance to shoot at Liam Kelly and cut back in to try and beat the guy again. Oh, I saw that on sports scene. Yeah. And it's funny now that you mention it because I watched the Hearts TV highlights before we came on here. And that's it's still escaped, there. Yeah, that's escaped my mind. Just, like, Hearts don't even consider it a noteworthy highlight. This is what we're trying to work with here. Yeah, It was exactly. that bad. Um, so we will try and analyse 
some <laughs> things from this, but it is one of those games where you just kind of, we just will ramble on. But the first talking point I want to make is Craig Halkett. So we, as a podcast, have been over the season uh, one of his probably biggest fans. We, we've um, we've criticised him when we felt he deserved critiqued, but generally he's been pr- probably our most improved player this year. Yeah, I'd go along with that. I was trying to think of when you said for the most part of the season, it's only really the performance at Parkhead that I can remember criticising yeah. Halkett. Maybe yeah. maybe for the goal at St Johnston as well? I think there's a couple of moments where you go, oh, he messed up there, but it didn't lead to anything, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, it's just he, like... He, he gets let off the hook, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And However, more often than not, it might just be, you know, Craig Gordon bailing him out with a super save or yeah. John Suter being John Suter. Definitely. Kingsley being phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. He's got very good defenders around him. And that yeah. has often been the narrative about Halkett, that, yes, he's playing well, but it's only because he's got more competent players around him. He no longer has Berra and Buddy Popescu. And that's that's what I was going to touch on there, mate. Halkett can't win. Like, yeah, yeah. If, if, he's, up, if he's alongside Berra and Popescu, People say, oh, well, you can't expect him to play that well given he's alongside Ben and Popescu. It's like, well, he's performing miles better than either of them. And equally, whilst he might not be as good as Stephen Kingsley or John Souter, he hasn't looked out of place so far this season. And again, you know, it's only now that we realise that his presence might have been missed at the weekend. So that's the big thing. What we missed with Craig Halkett is, for all his limitations as a footballer, his Positives as an athlete cannot be understated. And that's what we missed on Saturday. We had a back three of John Suter, Taylor Moore and um, Stephen Kingsley, who are all very good footballers. They're very good at taking the ball in at their feet and creating something, whether that be a pass, a move, or just winning it and pushing us up the park. Halkett can't do any of that. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that he's this perfect defender and can do it all he can't he's very very limited but what he's limited to he's fantastic at at sitting in the middle of that defense and just being a battering ram and just going anything that comes our way i'll stick my head in it he's won like something like the third most aerial duels in the league he's just someone who you go he knows his limitations sometimes he can be a bit silly and go, I'm going to be John Suter and play out from the back and it's a nightmare. But for or, his, 90... or his clearances aren't all that convincing. Yeah, on, yes, on, exactly. On occasion. But, but you're right. For 90% of the time, he goes, I know my job, it's just to get rid of this ball. And we missed that steal at the back. I genuinely, it properly was an eye-opener for me, who has been someone who has been a, um, I've been praised in Halkett this whole season but and I don't think I said this on Twitter and I don't think Halkett would have changed that game so that we'd win I don't think we would have won that game just because Halkett's there but I think the performance wouldn't have been as pathetic as it was if he was in it can't disagree you know a centre-half's not going to come in and win us the game on his yeah. own because ultimately offensively that's probably the worst that I've seen us this season mm-hmm. I think I was trying to think about it. I think it's one of only two league games that we haven't scored in so far this season, the other being the Derby. I was just about to say the Derby, and I can't think of anything else where we haven't. I think that's right. Um, But I I don't know. I'm with you. I I, I don't see how it could have been any worse had Craig Halkett been in that 11. So who's who's to say that we might not have? We might well have won. I don't know. Exactly. Um, Turn back time, huh? I then want to move on. So people will accuse me of being biased and stuff like that. So I will I will explain my position on Alex Cochran's performance, who I, I've been saying every week, going, he never has a bad game. He'll have one eventually. He had one eventually. He was horrific at the weekend. But he's still a young defender. Yeah, of course. And oh, yeah, of course. And this is this is something that I don't think people understand. Like... Alex Cochran's what, 21 years of age? Yep. On loan at Hearts from Brighton. You know, he's, he's out here on loan for a reason. Like, I'd, I'd, and look, the goal, we're going to touch, we'd be as well to just touch on the first yeah. goal. Yeah, go for it. He 
he takes the throw into Cami Devlin and instantly receives back. Not got any problems with that. The ball that he then sends up the line is aimless. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, you know, I, I can accept that. He's maybe tr- thought that somebody's going to make that run in behind and it's just not come off. That that can happen. We've still got a lot to do to prevent Motherwell from getting into the positions that they get into and ultimately then scoring. It's, it's only when you see them popping it about that we can perhaps, rather than chasing shadows, just, you know, get that little bit tighter or cut off lanes for them to pass into. Motherwell work it really well. I'm not going to kid on like they don't. I think Bevis McGavey takes a couple of touches, um, then eventually falls out to Tony Watt via a couple of midfielders and whatever. He then finds Kane Woolery on the right-hand side, albeit Woolery's in a bit of space, potentially, well, I say potentially, he is Alex Cochran's man, crosses from there like the goal is disgusting <laughs> like it comes to Sean Goss who should score I don't even know what happens like he doesn't yeah. even look to shoot and it somehow falls there's some stramash or another and then it breaks to Connor Shields who we know all about given last season I think the last league game that Hearts lost mm-hmm. at Tynecastle was to Queen of the South where he scored yeah. a brace and we genuinely made him look like R9. Yeah. So, <laughs> look, it wasn't a great game for Alex Cochran. But in terms of blaming him for the first goal, yes, he might lose possession. But, I mean, let's have a look at, you know, another handful of players that could easily prevent that goal from happening. That was the other thing. A lot of people were saying to me, why aren't you throwing him under the bus? Why aren't you calling him out? It's like, I think... And this is emblematic of football fans generally. They're very like, we as a community are like, we live and die by the the last game. So often you can have a player who's been really good all season and the last game and you go, that's shocking, awful, terrible. But I'm like, listen, he had a really bad game. He did have a really bad game, but he's got a lot of credit in the bank. Like he's been flawless in every other game. So I'm not just suddenly going to go, right, Big changes are needed. We need to be thrown this out. Does Cochrane need dropped for a couple of games? Like, no, that's ridiculous. You can simultaneously be like, you had a very bad game. And you don't need to just go, right, why aren't you saying you hate him and he's the worst player ever? It's like masters of our own downfall. We've obviously yeah. built ourselves up. Like the bar's been set so high off the back of that United win that everybody's just expecting hearts to churn these out week by week. Yeah. And, you know, you and I are young jambos, but even we're not daft enough to know that <laughs> hearts don't do this week by week. There was always going to be stumbling blocks along the way. The only frustration for me is the fact that whilst I acknowledge that Motherwell was a tricky fixture and they did play well, we did make it easy for them. And well, that was that was evident with the highlights. That perfectly plays into the next point because we do go 1-0 down. However, at that point, it's not disastrous by any means. It's not the game isn't away from us. We've had multiple games this season where we've been 1-0 down, and you think, okay, if we just get back in this, it's fine. And I think a lot of Hearts fans, particularly Hearts fans who were there, were thinking, right, listen, this has been awful so far. We need to wake up, but that will wake us up. That will be right. Listen, we've conceded. Head switched on. Now keep the ball for the next five minutes, settle into the game, and see what happens. It was as if it did the opposite effect. It was as if their heads just went down and they started misplacing more passes. You spoke about how Cochrane's ball up from the throw was aimless. We had seven throw-ins in that first half from that hand side. Only one of them went to a Hearts player from the initial throw. It was and just, that was probably the one for Devlin. That was the one that uh, we conceded from. Jesus. One of them, it wouldn't have been the highlights. Benny nearly got concussed um, because the ball got played... Oh, no, I think we actually did win this one because, again, I think it was Cochrane to Devlin and we had conceded by this point. So Cochrane clearly was being shut down and was like, I just need to get rid of this. So came across it sideways, put his laces through it to send it a massive switch to Michael Smith and a yard away Benny's standing and it tans him in the head and he just crumples to the ground, column panics and there's like a hush goes down because he just dropped. Thankfully, he was okay. But it summed up what was happening. It was like, we just lost the ability to even make a pass. It was like, as you said, with a chance we would burn, 
Gordon regularly was playing short passes out to our defence and it was nearly going out for throw-ins. There was a couple of times where it did just go straight out for throw-ins. Suter looked like a different player. Like, I don't know what had happened to him. He was one of the worst, in my opinion, of that back line. Um, just didn't look like his usual self. Just couldn't pass a ball out and was constantly caught in possession. I, I hate to be that guy, but is that transfer talk and speculation? And I wouldn't say so. I would say, and it's it's kind of the summary of this whole game, I think it was everybody just so happened to have their bad game at once. So it's far more obvious. When one player's having a bad game, you can go, you oh, okay, they're not doing great. But yeah, it's like everybody else around them is doing well. That's happened quite a few times this season. But no, it was like everybody's shit. How have we somehow found a positive spin to put on that pathetic performance? Because <laughs> we're good the, podcasters, is, Adam. Is this just the fact that uh, if everybody's got like an allocation of a terrible performance to use up, they've all had it. They've <laughs> all selected a wild card this week. Yes. I'm fully expecting us to batter St. Mirren on Saturday now. Why exactly. Um, I want to move to the middle, to the two in the middle of the park. Benny and Cami. When Motherwell came to Tynecastle, we were waxing lyrical about how, despite Motherwell having three in the middle of the park, it didn't feel like it because Benny and Cami were just pulling the strings, made it really, really easy for us. And rightly so. That did not happen at the weekend. They were completely overrun. Cami just, he, he wasn't able to put his foot on the ball for more than a second to find a pass. And Benny, Craig Fowler in his match summary said it was by far and away Benny's worst game in a Hearts jersey. I would very much agree with that. I would say it's the first time he's had a bad performance. Previously, he's had less good performances and you'd go, oh, that's probably his weakest one, but he still played all right. Whereas king. I felt he was really bad at the weekend. And... Again, we're not being hyperbolic. He has been in the top two signings, arguably, of the window and has been one of the best players in the entire league this season. But I think what Saturday showed was one of the reasons Everton let him go and that and the, the, the reason he's here. and that Because we keep going, how have we got him? How have we got him in this year deal? We needed to take that game to them after we conceded. I, I can't remember in the 90 minutes and making a forward pass. Every single time, he just would get it and either play it horizontally or more often than not, backwards. And there was one moment in about the 39th minute where Gordon played out to Suter. Suter played it in the middle of the park to Benny. And Barry Mackay made this bombing but rounded run behind the Motherwell back line and he would have been in. And Benny looked and turned and played at Cochrane, and the entire stand was like, that's a moment where you need to just take a risk and play it forward. Neither he nor Devlin are that guy, though, are they? No, I they're think, not. We don't have a creative midfielder. No, and I think it's probably reflected in this being Benny Beningame's worst performance for Hearts, that he's hauled off. This is yeah. the first thing I can remember Robbie hauling him off. So the gaffer's obviously seen enough. I'd or as had everybody in the stands. I, I love Benny Beningame to bits, but I just feel as though he and Cammy Devlin, in recent matches anyway, you know, the Aberdeen defeat, all it took was for Scott Brown to re-enter that midfield. And that arguably changed the complexion of the, of the game that day. And it's a carbon copy, in essence, coming up against another midfield trio that Motherwell played. Um, but there's no doubt that Benny Beningame and Tammy Devlin are good footballers. Yeah. But we'd just like to see somebody in there alongside them, potentially. That's the, that's the biggest thing. I, I have sounded quite negative on Benny there, and I don't mean to come across that I'm slating them or anything like that. I, no. however, on the flip side, I don't think it's necessarily their fault. Because no. for as good as they no, are, no. away from home, it's really hard to be a two-man midfield up against a three. So make it easy for them. Either put Haring or McInef in, and it means that there's that bit of extra muscle power with Haring or potential creativity with McInef. And this ties into what my frustration was for the weekend, in that the 3-4-3 serves us really well at Tynecastle. We've been excellent at Tynecastle. We're expected to have the vast majority of the ball at Tynecastle. 
against most sides within the Scottish Premiership. Away from home, that's not always going to be the case. I don't think it was the case here. Maybe, maybe we have had most of the ball, but again, we've not done anything with it. So really, what does it matter? Yeah. Um, and this is where I'd like to see not us shy away from the three four three per se, but certainly vary up kind of in the in the final third. I don't know whether a three five two would serve us any better and have. If we're going off this personnel that we started with at the weekend, could Barry Mackay not be at the tip of Benny Beningame and Cammy Devlin supporting mm-hmm. Josh Janelli and Ben Woodburn up front? Or why, you know, somebody... Or a 4 2 3 1 with a three of, I don't know, if, who you were, you'd have Benny and Devlin as the two, and then you could uh-huh. have Woodburn as the 10, Gino and Mackay. Um, and then you would put somebody like, I don't even know who you could put. I mean, Nandwili. Even Nandwili with boys yeah. off the bench. Yeah. As we, we touched on it last week. It'd be a fantastic luxury for us to have if our top scorer comes on as he did in this game, albeit 2-0 down, fair enough. But um, but with us actually you know, chasing the game and feeling as though it's doable within the circumstances. But that wasn't the case. Definitely. Um we will now speak about the front three before we move into the second half because not a lot really happened in the second half apart from two points. Um, that was diabolical by that front three. Mackay was probably the best, as he has often been the best. Um, yeah, Barry Mackay. I've just ignored Scott last week. I thought Scott was great. It was great to have Scott on. But that Barry Mackay slander, I will not take because I think there's there's much more to come from that man. I would saying that though, I would give Barry a five, but I'd oh, give no, Woodburn I mean, and Gino a two or a three. Don't don't get it twisted. Like Hearts were genuinely dreadful at the weekend a- across the board. Yeah, everybody was bad apart from Craig Gordon. Oh. We'll get to in a wee bit. Um, I. <laughs> I want to say something and I want to get your opinion on it. Oh, dear. This is I, I worry that we are all starting to realise that Josh Janelli was really good in the championship and isn't cut at this level. At probably his best is an impact sub now. Wow. For what it's worth, I actually agree. Oh my god! I bet, I bet, I bet you weren't expecting that. Yeah, I was not if, at if all. Anybody, if anybody's tuned into talk Scottish football, I said, oh, "Of course." Very briefly, <laughs> I don't know whether either Dave nor Dave picked up on it. I said that I thought Josh Janelli was overrated. I've I've had this conversation with my dad, and neither of us were trying to come to a, a reason as to why we believe this was the case. I thought because of the time that we'd signed him and the fact that we'd missed a wide player or a promising wide player for that long, that Josh Janelli looks good. So he immediately, you know, the entire fan base pins their hopes upon him. And, and he was good him. in that championship he season. He was very good. But but I think it... What am I trying to say here without it sounding too harsh? It more highlights just how dross the previous years had been in terms of wingers and that he was a great player in the championship and I do like Gino don't, don't oh yeah of course that. I think there's you know he's got time on his side and I would love for him to really kick on I don't think it's been a stop start campaign for him as well I will say yeah, that yeah absolutely but hearts were that desperate at that stage to have a competent wide player that he came along and we all immediately thought that he was the best thing since sliced bread Barry Mackay is far and away our best winger slash yeah. wide midfielder it Definitely. then then it's kind of a three-way split well not even because you don't like Gary Mackay Stephen Gary Mackay no. Stephen is probably the worst out the out the quartet yes he is then it's Ben Woodburn and Josh Janelli who we're wanting that little bit more from because I believe that both are capable yeah definitely and, and this this is where the frustrating asp or the frustration comes because both are good footballers but we'd like to see it on a more consistent basis. You know, Ben Woodburn was 
phenomenal against Dundee United, arguably a man of the match contender. But that's one game. And this is a young man that's a full Welsh international, has a contract at Liverpool, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And he's, he's on loan at Hearts because he's got to kick on. And we've not even seen that yet at this level. Josh Ginelli, albeit for his young age, has had loads of clubs so early on in his career. There must be a reason for that. And he loves it at Hearts. We like having him. But again, you know, we've been far too sentimental with these types of players in the past where we need you to produce on the park to prove that you deserve to be here. And hopefully, if there's, you know, I don't want to say if there's favourable fixtures to come because there are no easy games for us. But if there's games where we're expected to dominate and chances will fall, I just hope that he's able to take a couple and then he can shut us both up. Well, in a time that he did not shut us both up was in the second half because, in my opinion, he is one of the main reasons we went down to 10 men and then conceded a second goal as... Well, is he? I th- I mean, yes. I, I think that's harsh, but I'll let you present your case. So Josh Ginelli gets the ball at the byline and has three seconds to stop and put a ball into the box. See if he does that then the same thing happens. I don't think he can have any of the blame because he's done what he's expected to do. But Josh Ginelli did what Josh Ginelli does now. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's a, I think this is the best case for me to do in this situation. Whatever it is, he needs to fucking stop doing it. Because again, he waited for the Motherwell player to get tight to him, tried to beat him, didn't, lost the ball, and it goes for an over-the-top where Taylor Moore is, it shows his inexperience, in my opinion, and bundles over for his second yellow. And at that point, you're thinking, before what happens next, you're thinking, this is a big mountain to climb now. And it was just, it was just so infuriating because it was everything going wrong together. It was just a perfect summary of that match in about 10 seconds. Yeah. I- I'm going to take back what I said earlier because I've just looked down my notes and Liam Boyce did come on at 1-0 down, so that was being yeah. an absolute But the, uh, the sending off, look... Can I just say that actually makes it worse? Boyce is in the box waiting for a ball in. It's Boyce. <laughs> could, it be, could it be the perfect return from? Yeah. Um, the, the sending off, I'd... I don't know. The the second challenges are coming together and it ultimately barges corner shields, but I don't think I don't think it's the best ball to receive from Craig Gordon anyway, to be honest. I don't I don't really think it's on. Just with how well we've talked about Motherwell pressing us. I know Taylor Moore's got a bit of space, and albeit he does take a poor first touch, which then his second touch becomes the tackle, or in this case the barge. But I just think with the way that they've been pressing us, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but maybe just punt it up long. Just, just oh, no, of course. Long, yeah, of just co- because of the pressure that we're under. That's what I'm saying. Halkett would have done that. Halkett would oh, have yeah. sent it into the yeah, stand, yeah. would have just cleared even, it up the park. Even like, <laughs> we've talked about how Craig Gordon was outstanding. I didn't think Craig Gordon's distribution was great throughout the entire 90 minutes. And I know that that's why his Celtic career perhaps didn't go as well. Yeah, as I was about to say, he's never had good distribution this no. season. No, but there was a chance where he ended up booting it up the park and Barry Mackay took it down, albeit he tries to zip it out wide. And then we regain possession in the middle of the park and Ben Woodburn eventually shoots straight at Liam Kelly. That was basically it. In was terms that no boys who shot? Uh, no, the boys one was like the very last where I'm thinking of the one where Craig Gordon just oh, I, thought, I just thought you meant, I thought that was boys. I'm clearly misremembering that. I know exactly which one, the edge of the box when, and then yeah, Kelly yeah. just kind of takes it down. And, and yeah. Ginelli's on the left-hand side where he could perhaps slip him in. Bang, I thought that was boys. I don't know why I thought that was boys. But I, I, look, I, in terms of the sending off, the first booking is, but the second I think is harsh because it's just merely a, a barge on Connor Shields. I think it's because if Shields gets that, he's through one-on-one. Probably, probably. And that's, I mean, well, 
Is it though? I was I was going to say that's decent officiating, but I'm not going to I'm not going to give referees and assistants credit because week by week, I mean, there's Bobby Madden just dropped another absolute yeah. clang over the Finzo Ojo um, sending off, but oh, I don't know. And then, like you say, I mean, it's tricky enough with eleven men, albeit we are still only one 0 down once the free kicks conceded, but of course. But then Hearts conceded a set piece, which automatically means we're conceding because Sean Horner. Yeah, a ball's played to the back post where Ricky Lamy's just kind of standing. <laughs> like he's not, it's very, it's not, it's not similar to the Kingsley one against Down United because there are players around him. But when you watch it back, he very much is just like, oh. It's, it's oh, delivered in a similar area and yeah. he does kind of. Well, I was going to say he goes in, but he just wanders because it's yeah. a very inviting ball in a lovely area, and it's a decent header, and that's that's game. That is game. So, and then, obviously, I wasn't there, but once I see that, I mean, I I know, given everybody's tweets and everybody's rage, that that's it as good as done because of how little we'd created up till that point, and even after that point. Um, the only other thing of notoriety was Craig Gordon just because he it's Craig Gordon and he has to go in every game I need to do something amazing and he hadn't done it yet um, just makes like one of the most <laughs> insane <laughs> save, double saves you've ever seen he goes he palms it away and then about a yard no sorry he gets his foot to a low shot then it flicks back up and I think everybody at that point was like, this is 3-0. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a Kane Woolery header, wasn't it, at the back steps? Yes. I mean, that save's decent enough. But the one from Connor Shields is an absolute... He just swings his save. arm back like, and somehow manages to flick it and it goes over the bar. Ridiculous. And I again, on TSF, I kind of downplayed it because I was just angry. But like... I didn't do it justice because it is a phenomenal. Like it's that is world class goalkeeping. Yeah. It is, and that might be delusional, but I just I love Craig Gordon so much. Yeah. Like honestly, it, I dread to think where we would be without him. Say it just about every week because I've ran out of superlatives. He is honestly that good, best goalkeeper in Britain. Yep, there I said it. So that took us to a two 0 loss, and then. I said a thing on Twitter that I was like, I, I, I'm very sure of this because it's a personal experience to me. No one can have an issue with what I'm about to say next because only I can know this fact. Um, I summed up that performance with the fact that, in my opinion, it's the worst away game performance I've ever seen in person. It seems that so much of our fan base can't read because that seemed to be taken as I am saying that it was our worst away performance ever. Which no, I I think it's more the kind of classic part-timer shouts, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and listen, I, I dread to think of what everybody will be saying given that I, I again missed the Motherwell match. It was coincidentally my granddad's 80th birthday last week. So I was out for a family meal. I, yeah, I yeah. love I love Motherwell away. It's one of my favorite away days. So I was wanting to go. Had to miss it on this occasion. Um, despite the fact that I've got a pal that lives in the halls with me that's a Motherwell fan, Jack. So shout out Jack if you're listening, tuning in to see my rage. Um, and I was devastated to miss the Motherwell match. But again, I, I'm, you know, you, you can't win them all, mate. I think this is merely just the fact that you've decided to go to Fur Park, albeit you may not go on a regular basis. I, I mean, I, I've been going regularly away, but I've decided to unfortunately miss this one. It happens. The part-time shouts will probably come towards me. But this and, is the thing, think, right? You think that I'm going to the next away day, given previous nightmares there? Absolutely not. No, See, not a hope in hell's chance. This is the thing. So, I got a lot of people being like, what about Brora away? Fans, there was no fans there. <laughs> it's not like anybody can say, eh, I was there. And then got Livingston away, I wasn't there. That's, that's literally the one that I was referring to. That was one yeah. of the worst nights of my life. Yeah, no, no, nothing will top that from me personally. That's well, at least, at least I <laughs> you hope, hope so. <laughs> um, but that's the thing, I can't include that, but that, Twitter because I wasn't there. 
Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I get that. So then I had, uh, what about the season we went down? I went one game away from home that season. It was a 3-1 victory at Easter Road. So that definitely doesn't come into it. Then we got... The outside of Edinburgh, I like your style. Yes, exactly. Then we got St Mirren 2010 Cup uh, semi-finals. Wasn't it there? Then we got Hibs 6-2. I was three. Then all the other shouts started to become before I was even alive. Yeah, that that season when we went down, that Abika night was up there as well. That was See, I wasn't cool. there. Wasn't there either. That was that was grim. So this is the thing. Livy, they're probably my the two that stick out my head. And who do we play next? (laughs) St. Mirren at Tynecastle and then Livingston away. This is the thing. I don't I don't go to many away games as for personal reasons. I don't like going to away games. I'm not going to get into that just now, but I really don't enjoy going to away football games. I am very much like Tynecastle. That's it. So it was. I'd like to think that we win the majority of our home games. Exactly. The hearts have painted you a pretty picture. I can see it. Yeah. See? This was literally me in my younger years. Yeah. Because Dad refused to take me away. I think we are like world class for most of the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. Listen, I am happy to accept part timer shouts. It is just that thing <laughs> of like, it's a proper like pathetic thing of like, I'm a bigger hearts fan than you sound like cool go for it for me that was the worst performance i've ever been in attendance for away from home nothing can come close to that because it nothing sticks out of my head i can't think of anything and it's not because a lot of people go 2-0 against motherwell when we did 10 men the result isn't that bad in the grand scheme of your life as a hearts fan so surely you've been the other stuff but for me it was the way that the game went it was just I never felt from the first minute we were ever going to get anything. <laughs> we've summed it up. Rem- remarkably, we've dragged out a good 50 minutes talking about such a dross game yeah. that we've literally had two chances, one of which <laughs> didn't equate to anything. I might even chuck in the third with that Liam Boy shot toward yeah. the end, but everybody forgets about that because even if he scores, it didn't change anything. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, hopefully... We never need to think about this game ever again. Can I just say, I I think I'm doing well to keep a lid on things here. I thought I'd be losing my cool, going absolutely nuts, as I have done in previous pods. I think I've done well. I've really I think also there is the element of, and because you're a very sensible man, despite what many will say, you are <laughs> a sensible <laughs> man, it's okay, um, that you do have to look at it in the context of the season. This isn't us having a result like this in the last time we were up here, this is our second loss in 14 league games, which was that's, terrible, but still. This is this is the key thing for me, because on, on TSF, I'm sorry that I keep referencing it, but again, I was not in the best of fettle, given that I'd just seen Hibs go through, and obviously a result and performance at the weekend. I said, it's two losses in the last three league games. But you just said there it's two losses in 14. <laughs> in the last 14, so yeah. It, it, it sums up the way that football fans look at things. Um, I'd, I'd just love to see us get back to winning ways at the weekend. That would be really nice, considering I despise St Mirren Football Club. And I, I, the last two away days have not been great. So let's put on a show at Tynecastle and try and take, try and take a positive performance and result into... Another away day, which I won't be going to again because of past experiences. And I have vowed to never go to the Tony Macaroni ever again. And the last time that we referenced the Livingston match, I had all five of their fans starting on me on Twitter. No, let's don't hope, start this again. Let's hope that I have, you know, the bragging rights after the second meeting of the season. Right. Well, but we'll get to that. Next week, and I hate St Mirren. Come on, Hearts! Right, so this weekend, St Mirren, upwardly mobile St Mirren, even though they just drew against Livingston. Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. I'm looking at the BBC Sports Scotland website and they've got a green plus up arrow. Hold on a second. Is that just because of other other, um, teams in the league not in action this weekend? I'm trying to think of who they overtook. Dundee? No, they overtook Hebs and Aberdeen to be in the top six. So <laughs> men in the top six. So men in the top six. 
Well, Hibs do have three games in hand, but it's fine. Um, so yes, Jim Goodwin's side travel through to Edinburgh to play Hearts. How are you feeling this is going to go? Because obviously our last game against them was very eventful where we won away from home. There was a couple of goals, a red card, a potential comeback that never happened. Ended the Paisley hoodoo. That was it did. Nice. It did indeed. So what do you want to see in our lineup this weekend? Just as well you rescued it with in our lineup this weekend. Yeah. Uh, because my answer was going to be goals galore. Yeah. Some of the most rotten hearts teams I've seen have bumped St Mirren still at Tynecastle, yeah. And I want that to be absolutely no different. I don't see any excuse as to why we can't give them a good battering. Am I confident that'll be the case? Probably not. But we're going to try and enter with a, a positive mind frame. Um, I'd like to see Liam Boyce come back in, first and foremost. I, I'm with you on that. This is where... I mean, I talked previously about kind of shying away from the 3-4-3. I think at home it actually suits us down to a T. I can't mm. imagine that St Mirren will want to come to Gorgie and try and dominate the ball. I think they're a decent enough side. I like Jim Goodwin as a manager. Hated him as a player because he was a right dirty bastard. But I actually think he's a very good young manager. Um, and I'd, I'd just like to see us go all out with a 3-4-3, to be honest. What would... Because there's been a debate both in group chats that you and me are in and the wider world of Hearts Twitter. Yes, I know what you're alluding to. About Benny Beningaway, your favourite human being. Just love him. Should he, not should he, would you mind if he was dropped? No, I probably wouldn't. If, if, if I'm... Expand. If, if I'm being totally honest, because, and this is, this is what I was going to get on to, I talked about the luxury of having Liam Boyce on the bench. Benny Beningaway is a great player for game management. Mm-hmm. if I dread to think that we're protecting a lead against St Mirren at home, but if that is the case, he's not a bad sub to bring on in that in that circumstance. Neither would Peter Haring be. Um, I, 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 I said it sort of on previous pods, I would like to see Aaron McInef get the chance, and he and Cammy Devlin, I think, would work quite well in that duo. Do I think that's going to be the case? Probably not. But again, like we said earlier, if Robbie's taking Benny off at Far Park, he's obviously not, not impressed by what he's seen. And he has said in the past that there are players knocking on the door that just haven't been given that chance yet. Aaron McInef's one who he obviously brought Benny off for. So maybe we, we might see that. I, I don't know. I'd, I would like to see McInef and, and Cammy Devlin given a chance. Why not? So I'm, I'm basically in agreement with you. I, I would like to see the 3-4-3. However, there is a part of me that would be really interested to see with the current full squad basically back fit, a 3-5-2 with... It, I hope Hulk gets back, basically. I, I, I take it you're just wanting to run through teams because I also would like to see take Hulk get back. Yeah, so I, if it's a 3-4-3, I'd go with your side, basically. I, I would be happy with the team you played. If we play the 3-5-2, and even just to try it, because I feel like with this lineup I'm going to play, you can then just change it to the 3-4-3 in the game. So I would go... We're going to agree on the keeper in the back three, aren't we? I think. If Halkett's fully fit, he, he starts. Yes. I would go Gordon, Halkett, Suter and Kingsley. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Then... Hopkin and Smith. Yep, yeah, wing backs. Yeah. Then, I'd be interested to play a three if you get what I mean, like yeah. the three in the middle, of Devlin and then either Benny, Haring or McInef. Robbie, you can take your pick. And then Woodburn or Mackay in the 10. Probably Mackay. Yeah, another and Boyce. And then, yeah, the, probably Woodburn yeah, and Boyce. And like you say, it's got that bit of flexibility where it might even start as a 3-4-3 three, three, and then could drop into a 3-5-2 later on. Yeah, yeah, I, I I like the look of that, man. I like the sound of that. As I say, so, though, if it is just the usual three four three, it's worked so well at home. I'm not going to complain about that. And hopefully, St Mirren haven't found how it's crackable. Hopefully, they've not been watching the pitiful performances at Pataudry 
and the Motherwell match. So I was about to say, most teams haven't been able to do it at home. They've been no. able to do it at their gaff, but yeah, we yeah. us, it's like that. I was, I was going to say something there and I can't remember what it was, so it can't have been that important. Brilliant. Well. Fantastic <laughs> podcasting here. So I, I'm going to trouble you for a score prediction. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know what I'm going to look at for who scored, to be fair. <laughs> Probably a sneaky 1-0. I mean, this is the thing, because whenever I back Hearts to win, I feel as though they're going to do me. So I might just predict a 1-0 draw in the hope that we go on and win. If you're asking me up front and honestly, I will say Heart of Midlothian 2, St Mirren nil. Hopefully it's comfy. Wow. Who's your goal Why scorers? Why did I get the impression that that absolutely will not be the case? Probably not. Who's, who are you picking to score those two goals? Watch Ben Woodburn get back in the world. <laughs> <No. laughs> um, do you know what? I've said that I really like him. He's not scored for us yet. It's going to be Barry Mackay's time. Interesting. Both. Both yours. A double. Uh, no, Barry Mackay and... Why do I feel it's going to come from like an unlikely source? Oh, it's no, probably for this third. I'm going to be boring and say it'll be a boy's pen. Not specifically a pen, because that's how he scores most of his goals. I'd love, I'd love for him to get a goal from open play, because yeah. I think he's needed it. You? Um, I'm going to go with your initial guess. I'm going to go with a one-all draw. Oh, I think. don't say that. I just <laughs> don't say that. Reverse psychology. Every single time I go to Tynecastle, I always say, this is going to be rubbish. We're not going to score for that free kick. We're not going to score for that corner. And we've done it at oh, every yeah. point. So recuperating yeah, every single set piece. Yes. And then trading theirs. Yes, exactly. So I think it's going to be a one-all draw with Liam Boyce scoring and Jamie McCart getting a goal. Jamie McGrath. Who's that say? Jamie McCart. Did he play for St. Johnson or something? Yeah, that's the same. Yeah. Oh, do you know why I said that? It's because we were apparently in for him for Suter's replacement. I'd take that. He's been linked with Hibs previously. I know he has, which is why everybody's speaking about it. I haven't even seen that. Is that Barry? just broken just now? No, it was on Edinburgh Live as potential players to replace Oh, they Suter. picked like a trio or like five names or whatever. Five names. I can't remember the other four, but one of them was him. I'm, I'm going to go on. Let's let's keep talking about this because it's, it's, decent, it's decent. One of them was Stuart Finlay as well, sure. which apparently Hibs are interested in as well. So it's so just going to be Hearts and Hibs. Going between everybody. Oh, the other one was Taylor Moore, and then there was two others. Right, I'll just get it up on that. Because Taylor Moore was, oh, was Edinburgh Live. Yeah, Edinburgh Live. And it was like five replacements for John Suter at Hearts. This is terrible <laughs> that we are still recording. <laughs> I'm searching this up, but why not? Okay, uh, this is all being left in. Right, we cut there because we couldn't find it for ages. So we've got it. So Taylor Moore is number one, who is obviously here, but we'd have to buy him. Stuart Finlay. Is the second one who Hibs are by, by this podcast? Yes, exactly. Like the left footer, so I don't know. And and my pal Ali made the point that is he better than Stephen Kingsley? Another left? No, he's not. No, he's not. Because Stephen no. Kingsley is our most underrated player. Yes, he is. Uh, Jamie McCart, who is out of contract at the end of the season, but is also been linked that. with Hibs. Yes. Didn't know that. And one of the boys that is down uh, in in my halls is St. Johnston's videographer, actually, Lewis. Oh. Lovely young man. Um, but I'm sorry, Smithy, mate. We're uh, we're going to nick Jamie McCart off you. Thanks. Uh, the final two were people that we haven't spoken about. And funnily enough, he's coming to Tynecastle this weekend. It's Connor McCarthy for St. Mirren. He's also pretty decent. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. And what's um, the last? I don't know what his contract stipulation is, but he's there. And the final one is Ayo Obelai. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Come on. He was good at Queen of the South last season. Yeah, when they moved him in midfield. And That's true. That. That's true. He wasn't very good was at the back. When, uh, when we demolished Queens at Tiny at the back. Very true. No, I wouldn't take Ayo Obelai. I'd be happy with either Jamie McCart or Conor McCarthy to replace John Suter, though. On the basis that we, you know, ready to leave it. Well, yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah. I was going to say get some money for John no. Suter, but 
don't just say he's leaving so what a fabulous end to the podcast that is the most like that was not a planned segment as you can probably tell because we were (laughs) scrambling to get it but regardless we hope you have enjoyed back to the miserable podcasts from us which are often more fun to listen to you know what I, I want to be Mr. Miserable, but we're we're entering with a positive mind frame. We are. We're, we're going to do St. Mirren. Believe. I mean, I've predicted a one-all draw, but it's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, please don't let us down. Come on, hearts, please. So, massive, massive thank you for sticking out at the end of this. If you're still listening, you are a committed listener to this podcast. Fair play it is. Um, so, yeah, we have been Peter Paisley, as we said, this weekend, we play St Mirren. And if you get a programme, you can hear our idiotic thoughts, not just in your ears, but in print. It's it's a novelty. There's and no I, escaping us on match day. Exactly. We're always there watching. We won't tell you what the article's about, as we said, but if you do read it, if you did see it, if you did enjoy it, please, on Saturday or over the weekend, tweet us at Perth to Paisley. We'll share everything. We just really do appreciate it. But yeah, so we're at Perta Paisley on all forms of social media. You can also get us on YouTube as well, where you can look at us as we're talking about this. If you do so, please leave a like and subscribe and comment. It's much appreciated, even though I just tend to get abuse in the YouTube comments, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. You can also leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice if you're just an audio listener. That really helps. We've seen a recent uptick in those. So massive, massive thank you. It really, really does help. We've also got an email address, pertapaisley at gmail.com if you want to fire us an email and just go, what are you talking about? You're talking rubbish as usual. But Adam, where can they get you talking rubbish as usual on social media? They can get me talking rubbish as usual on social media at Adam T. Kendall on every social media platform. What about yourself, mate? I'm at McIver 22 We will be back next week to discuss all the fallout from the St. Mirren game, any potential other John Suter replacement lineups and anything else that happens in between. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Keep the faith, Mother Jump Tots! He's changed it up. <laughs>